Hello, I'm Catherine West, Infection Control Consultant, and I am here to present a new topic that needs some real attention. So let's get into the subject matter, which is congenital syphilis. And in keeping with the name of this uh, webcast, let's get it straight. Congenital syphilis is the result of transference from an infected mother to her infant during pregnancy. So we need to go back and talk a little bit about syphilis to understand where we are today. Syphilis has been, as you know, around four centuries, but the increase that has occurred over the past 10 years is what has led to the increase in congenital syphilis. Syphilis has really fallen by the wayside as a disease of concern, but the numbers are quite astounding. And finally, we are seeing this topic being addressed. So let's take a look at the update for cases of syphilis 2020 to 2021. When we combine primary and secondary uh, syphilis cases diagnosed 2021, the number was 176,713. Compare that to the case number for HIV, hepatitis B, hepatitis C, and tuberculosis, not even close. Between 2020 and 2021, there was a 28.6% increase in cases. So who are our risk groups for syphilis? Men who have sex with men, those in uh, those persons who are incarcerated, individuals with HIV infection, injection drug partners, sex workers, and senior communities. Now, why has the whole topic of syphilis been missed? Well, it's because the guidelines were not published as per se post-exposure guidelines from the CDC. They were published in the sexually transmitted disease guidelines, and that's why people miss them. Guidelines were updated in 2010, in 2015, and again in 2020, with some additions then added in 2021, as you will see. So just take a look at the increased rate in syphilis um, that has occurred starting going up in about 2013 to where it is uh, last noted for 2021. 
in this graph from the CDC. And this is reflecting both primary and secondary cases of syphilis. And you will see that these are primarily reflecting cases in female patients between the ages of 15 and 44. Now, there has been a requirement going back to the original publication of the Bloodborne Pathogens Regulation. Now, the regulation only addresses HIV and hepatitis B. But when you go to the companion document known as the Compliance Directive, and the slide reflects the number of that document. So if you go to OSHA.gov and search CPL 02-02.069 and look under training, you will see very clearly that syphilis is to be covered in training for bloodborne pathogens. Most people have missed it. A lot of people don't even know about the existence of the Compliance Directive. So please uh, download a copy, go through it. You will see that syphilis is clearly to be covered in training. And then another change took place in the Sexually Transmitted Disease Guidelines published by CDC in 2020. And this is now, syphilis is going to be termed not as an STD, sexually transmitted disease, but an STI, a sexually transmitted infection. So what about awareness of the problem when we've had the cases just ballooning for syphilis uh, for over 10 years? In a recent published survey of physicians, they stated that they were completely unaware that syphilis cases were on the rise. And that is a big part of the problem, that the disease syphilis is not getting the attention that it needs currently. So the CDC in 2020 published that they are now going to require universal testing for syphilis. We know that we are not going to be able to uh, affect a disease case rate if we aren't testing for it. Treating individuals who are known to have the illness and doing contact follow-up of their sexual partners. So the new CDC guidelines begin with a clear statement that we want to screen all asymptomatic women at increased risk. And this would be those with a history of incarceration or transactional sex work. Geography, are they in an area with a high case rate? Race and ethnicity also play a role in risk for syphilis infection.
The second recommendation, since we're focusing this presentation on congenital syphilis, is to focus on pregnant women and testing them on their first prenatal visit. Now, if they live in an area where there's a high incident rate of syphilis, additional testing will be conducted during the third trimester and at delivery. It's important to mention the third change for universal screening, that we also want to screen all asymptomatic adults at increased risk for contracting syphilis. Again, those with a history of incarceration, transactional sex work, geography, where they live and the case rate where they live, race and ethnicity, and being a male younger than 29 years of age. So with the increased rate of syphilis, that has led to an increased rate of congenital syphilis. The cases have increased tenfold in the last 10 years. This is because syphilis has not been seen as a priority and there have been missed opportunities in conducting testing and treatment of expectant mothers. And there's a high incidence today of women not receiving prenatal care. So I mentioned geography as the uh, one of the factors in looking at testing and the need for increased testing. So here are the states that report the highest incident rate for syphilis. California, Texas, New York, Florida, Nevada, Mississippi, Alaska, and New Mexico. I think Alaska and New Mexico tend to be a real surprise. So let's take a look at what has happened with the incident rate of congenital syphilis. Back in 2013, there were 362 cases. By 2017, there were 918 reported, representing a 300% increase. In 2019, there were 1,870 cases reported. So what about looking at 2012 through 2021? That reflects a 755% increased case rate for congenital syphilis. And it's noted that this was across all racial and ethnic groups. In 2022, we saw 3,761 cases of congenital syphilis reported. In breaking down the numbers, and we'll round up here for simplicity, 88% involved uh, women who either uh, had no testing 
while pregnant or non-timely testing. In other words, it was done really too late to intervene um, in treating uh, to prevent infant infection. 37% there was no testing or inadequate treatment given while an individual was pregnant and diagnosed with syphilis. 40% of the cases had inadequate treatment during pregnancy. But let's go back to Mississippi for a moment. In 2023, February of this year, um, the Public Health Department in Mississippi reported that the number of babies being treated for congenital syphilis had jumped by more than 900% in five years. So what is the effect of a baby born with syphilis. Now, part of it depends on how long they were infected and if and when they were treated. But it can result in miscarriage, stillbirth, premature birth, low birth weight, and death. In looking at babies born with congenital syphilis who have not been treated, this can lead to deformed bones, severe anemia, enlarged liver or spleen, jaundice, meningitis, blindness, and deafness. So testing. We need to really ensure that testing is brought to the forefront because this should be preventable. Syphilis is treatable and congenital syphilis therefore is preventable. So all healthcare providers are being asked to take good uh, sexual histories and to follow the CDC's testing recommendations to treat diagnosed patients immediately in accordance with the CDC guidelines. And remember, these are in the sexually transmitted disease guidelines. And to work with health departments to ensure that all cases of syphilis are reported by stage, including cases of congenital syphilis. To aid in expediting testing, we have rapid finger stick testing for syphilis. And they are FDA approved and they are CLIA wavered, which means they can be done outside of the clinical laboratory in an emergency department, in a clinic, uh, in a doctor's office, um, widely available. So there are two. One is called Health Check, the other is Determine. We have results in 10 to 15 minutes. As I mentioned, it's finger stick testing. And the cost per test 
is $2.70. So this is not cost prohibitive. Well, what about the machine to interpret the test results? You can see a picture of a small machine in the slide. This machine costs under $200. So again, this should be readily available in any of the locations where testing can be performed. So is congenital syphilis treatable? Absolutely. And we want to offer prompt treatment. An antibiotic for 10 days if the child is in the hospital or one injection of an antibiotic. So what antibiotics? Well, aqueous crystalline penicillin G can be given and dosage is based on body weight. Uh, can be given IV every 12 hours for seven days and then every eight hours for 10 days. Or procaine penicillin G you will see listed in the guidelines. However, that now has been discontinued by the manufacturer. That is really problematic and we'll talk more about that in a few minutes. And um, penicillin G uh, long acting again is given based on body weight and can be administered in a uh, single dose. So we have penicillin shortages. And as I mentioned in the previous slide, that penicillin G, procaine penicillin G, was discontinued by the manufacturer and now there is difficulty getting enough bicillin uh, long acting to meet the needs because of the case rates of syphilis. So the CDC has also published guidelines uh, to prioritize using bicillin long acting to treat pregnant people with syphilis and babies. So that is the number one uh, recommendation. And also to choose doxycillin for non-pregnant women um, to help preserve the supply of bicillin long-acting. But for sure we have a shortage at the time we have case rates continually going up. So what about a role for EMS? Well, in-depth sex histories are probably not part of your um, patient assessment. However, if you are transporting, caring for a pregnant uh, patient, you certainly want to ask them if they have had prenatal care and record that on your run sheet. This will give the medical facility a heads up. If you are conducting a field delivery, you want to observe for signs and symptoms. The mother may have a lesion in the genital region. Infant 
may present with rhinitis, liver enlargement, jaundice, glaucoma, skin rash with disquamination, and hydrops, which is the swelling, um, severe swelling of fluid buildup in tissues um, around the lungs and heart or abdomen, and it can even appear under the skin. So these observations, again, will be helpful uh, to the medical facility staff. So prevention, as I mentioned, is key because this is preventable. That we wanna make sure we're getting routine testing of pregnant women at the first prenatal visit, at 28 weeks gestation, and at delivery. So it's clear that proper testing is not happening. So why is this not being done? Well, we've established already that there's a physician unawareness of this as a major problem. I also want to remind you that syphilis is part of post-exposure testing of the source patient. So when we look at all the factors coming into barriers for testing to occur, substance abuse, being uninsured, limited access to healthcare, and as I mentioned, medication shortages. Multiple studies are reflecting the following data, that in 2022, 88% of cases of congenital syphilis, mothers had been tested during pregnancy, but did not receive timely or complete treatment resulting in congenital syphilis. The areas in which no testing being done or testing not being done in a timely manner, in the West, 56.2%, Northeast, 50%, in the Midwest, 40.4%. For those who received inadequate treatment, that was mainly in the South at 54.5%. So in this short presentation, I hope that um, eyes have been opened about a problem that is not getting much attention. And we really need to address it before the situation gets worse. Hopefully you can be of assistance in asking uh, patients who are pregnant if they have had prenatal care and noting that on the run sheet for the medical facility. And also to watch for any potential signs and symptoms if you are involved in a field delivery. The CDC has a goal to eliminate the syphilis case rate by 2030. It's a wonderful goal. 
I'm glad this is finally getting some attention. Um, it has needed to get attention for 10 years, but it is finally getting attention. Please share the information in today's presentation with others so we can increase awareness for the need for observation and testing. That brings us to the end of this session. I hope you got some useful information and that you will uh, join me again in a future segment of Let's Get It Straight. Thank you and have a good holiday season.